the, this evening to the book of 1 Peter. We're kind of continuing on the theme that we hit this morning about security. Are you secure was this morning. Tonight, we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about the security that we have in Jesus Christ. And when I say security, obviously, it, it, te- it tends to cause you to think about the eternal security that you have in Christ. And that is, that is something that I'm so thankful for, the fact that God began, and we'll take a look at, at, one of, at, this, uh, at some verses that uh, talk about this, but when, when you got saved, it wasn't uh, that you got saved and hopefully you can keep your salvation. Because you don't, you didn't, you didn't do anything to earn it. If you didn't do anything to earn it, you can't do anything to keep it. Amen. And so it, 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 the the one who does the keeping is God. And and so when, often when we think of our security, we think of our security in Christ when it comes to eternal security. And I'll be honest with you, I'm thankful I have eternal security. Um, I, I don't have eternal security so I can go out and do what I want to do and just go ahead and sin because I know I'm going to go to heaven anyway. And that's the argument that a lot of people give to that. But the, the whole point is, again, you didn't do anything to get it in the first place. How in the world can you do something to keep it? You can't. Uh, the, uh, the Lord gave it to you as a gift and, uh, and, and he is the one who keeps it for you. But there are other, many other things that are involved in our security in Christ. And we're going to take a look at them tonight. First Peter chapter 1, let's all stand together. And look with me, beginning in verse 3. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Uh, so that we can all look on God's word together. Verse 3 down through verse 9 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath, for, for, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're so thankful that we serve a God whom we can trust. We serve a God in whom those of us that have trusted you as Savior and have believed on you and have received the gift of eternal life. Uh, Lord, from that day forward for all eternity, we are secure in Jesus Christ when it comes to our salvation. But we are secure in Jesus Christ in, in many different areas. We're going to look at those tonight. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged. Help us to realize that our security is not in things below, but our security is in things above. 
The reason why we are secure as a people or as believers is because we serve a faithful, true, righteous, and just God. Thank you, Lord, for, for being our God and being so good to us. We pray that you would speak to our hearts through the word of God tonight, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look particularly at verse 5. We read the whole passage just so you could get the, the tone of the thing. But verse 5 in particular is the, is the text that I want to jump off from this, this evening, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The thing that keeps us, the thing that, that keeps us secure is the power of God. And it's not just talking just about eternal life and dying and going to heaven, although that's obviously part of the theme. But if you go down to, to verse 6, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. How do you rejoice when you're going through temptations? How, do you, how are you happy when you're going through difficulties and problems and trials and temptations? Well, you're happy if your security is in Jesus Christ. And if it's not, instead, if, it's in, if, it's, if, if we focus on the things that are on this earth, the people, the places, the circumstances, uh, if we focus on those things, then we don't have that security that God wants us to have. Now, the truth of the matter is, whether, whether we sense that security or not, we have it. We have it. We just need to make sure that we avail ourselves of it. And you look down in verse 7, says the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So he says that those, those trials that we go through as we stay steadfast and as we rejoice in the resources that we have in Jesus Christ, then we can, we can be stronger as we go through them. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12 is the chapter that deals with the Apostle Paul having the thorn in the flesh and how that he asked God three times to, to remove that thorn. And the third time, God finally answers and says, My grace is sufficient for thee. We find that answer down in verse 9. He says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And what God's saying is, he's saying, Listen, I have resources that you know not of. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you uh, supernatural power to get through this thing. I'm not going to remove it from you, but I'm going to give you the strength to go through it. And notice what Paul's response is. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Uh, he says glory. Glory means to be happy. It means to praise God for something. You look down in verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. He's saying, listen, I'm glad I've got infirmities because those infirmities cause me to trust more in you and to, to put my security in Christ instead of putting it into things that are simply temporal and that won't, won't last. And so as believers, we have security. What are some things 
that we have security in. We're going to take a look at some things in the scripture this, this, this evening. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, whenever I say Romans 8, I think most people, I know I often, if somebody says, turn to Romans chapter 8, I think, oh, he's going to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You know, all things work together for good. And really, that is a verse of security. Because what it's saying is, is God's putting you through something, he's going to get you through it. He's going to give you the strength and the grace. He may deliver you out of it, or he may just take you through it. But either way, he's going to give you what is necessary, and he's going to work the situation, regardless of what it looks like uh, on the surface. He's going to take that situation and turn it for good. But the, the thing that I, I get a, a, a blessing out of is that after he says that, then he reminds us of something, and you look down with me, in verses, uh, well, actually, start in verse uh, 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He's saying, listen, are there any circumstances that can get in, in between you and the love of God. And verse 36 gives us the answer, as is written, for thy, thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, there's nothing that can come across your path. There's nothing that can come into your life that will ever separate you from the love of God. God has made a decision that when you, when you trust him as Savior, he, you're his child. And he's going to love you no matter what. No matter what comes into your life, no matter what changeables may occur, uh, those, those things can never separate us from the love of God. So what that means is we're secure in his love. You don't have to doubt any time that God loves you. You don't have to doubt any time that God cares for you. You don't have to doubt that all things work together for good because his love is consistent and we are secure in that love. Next thing, look with me over in uh, Philippians chapter 1. And this is the verse that I was referring to previously, Philippians chapter 1. And look down in verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's talking about the salvation that we have in Christ. When, when a person gets saved, God begins a work. Uh, the Bible says, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It didn't say work for it. It says work it out. Why? Because God worked it in. And once God works it in because you have believed on Christ, then from that day forward, he begins to do a work. 
And he's going to be faithful in that work, and he's going to perform that work until the day of Jesus Christ. So that tells us that our salvation is secure, again, not because of our power, not because of our strength, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us. We are secure in our salvation. Another thing we're secure in, go with me to uh, Hebrews 13 and then Matthew chapter 28. Hebrews 13. And then over in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 28. Hebrews 13, Matthew 28. Look with me in Hebrews 13. And uh, look down in verse, in verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. <clears throat> Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 5. says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's, he's telling us that our, our conversation, and that, that word means more uh, than just simply what you say, but it's also your life. It has to do with your lifestyle. And uh, uh, you, you, can, you can figure that out because over in, I believe it's First Peter, it says that uh, husbands can be won by the without work without the word uh, by the conversation of their wives so it's talking about more than just simply what a person would say and the words that we speak it's talking about our actual lifestyle and it says let a, let our conversation be without covetousness in other words don't go around saying oh i wish i had this and i wish i had that and i wish i had this and i wish i had that and be content with such things as you have why should we be content and he gives us the answer. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Again, as soon as you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, God comes to be with you. And he never leaves you. And he never forsakes you. You talk about security. Uh, you know, you talk about having a constant bodyguard by you all, at all times. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he has promised that he would never leave us, never forsake us. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 28. And this is important because this was the, we often call this the Great Commission. Uh, it's the commission that the Lord Jesus gave the disciples before he left this earth. And he said in verse, verse 18, he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's the, that's the Great Commission. And what that Great Commission simply is, is go tell people how to be saved. Go, go, go tell folks they need to be baptized after they get saved, not for salvation, but because they are saved. Because that baptism is a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's an outward identification of what God has done on the inside. It's the very first act of obedience 
that a, a person is, is, is to do uh, because of our salvation in Christ. And then it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And so he said, uh, go and teach and baptize and teach. In other words, uh, go out, get, get the gospel out and teach them how to, how to serve me and how to obey me. But then there's a promise right after the commission. He gives us something to do and then he tells, gives us a promise that will allow us to get it done. And he, he says this, he says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He's saying, listen, when you go, you're not going to go alone. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to do the work in the heart that you can't do. I, I'm going to I'm going to prepare the hearts like 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 you can't do. I I can do things on the inside, and I can give you the strength, and I can give you the words, and God God will do that. He's promised that He never leave us. He promised that He never forsake us. We we can be secure in the presence of God that, that is in our lives on a day by day basis. Go with me to First Corinthians chapter one. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Humanly speaking, the person that God used to pen the book of 1 Corinthians and a lot of the New Testament was the Apostle Paul. Remember who the Apostle Paul was. Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus. He was a man that was bent on persecuting the church. And he did so. Uh, he held the coats for the men that stoned Stephen and watched Stephen die. Watched the look on his face when he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he saw all of that. And uh, uh, what, what uh, uh, Saul did was shortly thereafter, he went on the road to Damascus. Jesus Christ confronted him. And he trusted him as Savior and he was converted there. He often remembered who he was and now what he was because of Jesus Christ. He used to be a Christian persecutor and a Christian killer, and he hated Christians. Now he loves Christians because he's saved and because God has done a real, real work in his life. And you go to, to, to places like Romans chapter 5, and again, that's the Apostle Paul that's writing, but it's the Spirit of God who's giving it to him by inspiration. And it says that, that uh, before he was saved and before we were saved, we were at enmity with God. You know what enmity means? It means you're, you were his enemy. You were at loggerheads with God. You weren't working with God. You were, you were against God and God was against you. But when salvation took place, there was a reconciliation that took place. And when a person trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, that wall of partition drops. And now we have access to the throne of God. We have access to the person of God. We have access to, to the heart of God. What a blessing that is. It wasn't like that before we got saved, but it's like that now. And you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, and it says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. What we have is we have, we have security in knowing that we can have every single day, we can have fellowship 
with God. Uh, you know, it's good to be in church. It's, it's good to sing together. It's good to pray together. But you know what's really, really sweet is when you get all by yourself and there's nobody else around, there's no other disturbances going on, and you just spend time with God. And you can do that, and you can be secure in that fellowship because uh, we have security in that because of our relationship with Christ. And, and he, he tells us that we were called into fellowship. It's something that we have a privilege to do. Take your Bibles and turn with me over to Hebrews. And go to Hebrews chapter 4 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 4. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. i got a lot of favorites, but this is, this is one up, up high on the list. Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 14 through 16 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of, of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what that you say? Well, that's, that's getting answers to prayer. That's going to God on behalf of ourselves and others. But you know what else that is? That's fellowship. You're not denied entrance into the, 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 the holy of holies. You're not denied entrance into the throne of the king of kings and lord of lords. You're welcome to come. You're welcome to come. And from the day that salvation occurs because you believed on him, you have that security of fellowship in Jesus Christ. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and then after 2 Corinthians is Galatians, and then the next book is Ephesians, 2 Corinthians 1 and Ephesians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look down at verse 22. Now, let's see, go on up to verse 20, 21. It says, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. What that's saying is the day you got saved, you not only got salvation in Christ, your, your heart was sealed, and it was sealed by the, the Spirit of promise. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 1, and look in verse 13, "...in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth." the gospel of your salvation, in whom, uh, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We, we are given the earnest of the Spirit. He seals us with that Spirit of promise. And, and uh, uh, we, we have the Spirit of God from that day forward. You go to 1 Corinthians 6 and it says that uh, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The, the Spirit of God is inside of us, and He has sealed us with that Spirit. We have that security. You know, when something is sealed, it means that, you know, you, you've heard the, the term signed, sealed, and delivered. Well, you're as good as signed, sealed, and delivered. That's why 
in Ephesians chapter 2, it says we're seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now, I realize you're down here physically, but spiritually, if you're saved, you're already in heaven. You're, you're in Christ, and Christ is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and you are seated in Christ in heavenly places because of that. And that's all possible because we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Another, another uh, security that we have as believers, go to John 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is a good shepherd chapter. But in John 10, there is a, there's a particular verse. And again, this, you could use this as an, as an eternal security verse. You can also use this as a verse that, that just shows you that God cares for you. Uh, and that no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how things might be tipsy-turvy, uh, God, God cares for you. He loves you. And, and uh, he is going to take care of you. Uh, John chapter 10 and verse 29. Verse 29. John 10, 29 says, My Father, and this is Jesus speaking, My Father which gave them me, speaking about the people that are saved, gave them me as greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That not only tells us that, you know, we're secure in Christ for our salvation, but it also means that, you know, you're, you, you, you look at that, uh, have you ever seen that, that um, uh, commercial that says you're in good hands with all state? You know what I think they did? I think they stole that out of the Bible <laughs> and they applied that to their insurance company. Uh, you know what? Uh, you might think you're in good hands with Allstate, but you're not secure with Allstate. I'm sorry. It's just a, it's a human organization. But I'll tell you what, you're in good hands with Jesus Christ. You're in good hands with the Father. Why? Because you're in his hands. And that, that means more than just the fact that you can't lose your salvation. It also means that if you're in his hands, then that means you're in his care. He's watching over you. He cares for you. He loves you. And he's going to lead, guide you, and direct you regardless of what happens. And that, that brings us to the next point. Another thing we're securing. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1, look down in verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, 12. It says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Paul was speaking to Timothy, a young preacher boy. And he says, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He, he starts out by saying, listen, I've suffered some things, but I know that God is protecting me. I know that God is keeping me and watching over me. Uh, we can be secure in his protection. Go with me to, to uh, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Right about the middle of your Bible, Psalm 91. And in Psalm 91... Look with me in the first six verses. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that, that uh, flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. In other words, uh, don't worry about any of those things because God will protect you. And that doesn't mean you won't go through some difficulties. That doesn't mean you won't have trials. But understand, his protection is always there. Go to, go to 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 3. Back to the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians. And look in chapter 3 and down in verse 3. Actually, let's start up in verse 1. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. There were people that tried to kill Paul in Lystra. They actually took him outside of Lystra, stoned him, left him for dead. And I believe God raised him up. Uh, from the dead, and because he was not done with them. But you look down in verse 3, and he talks about those, those unreasonable men and how that they persecuted him. But in verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Uh, you, you are protected by Almighty God. And, and you can be secure in that protection because he loves you, because he cares for you, because he's watching over you. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Another thing we have uh, real security in is the fact that uh, we are part of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when a person trusts Christ as Savior, the Bible over and over again talks about the fact that we are placed into Christ. We are in Christ. And when you are, when you are in Christ, you are a part of him. In Ephesians chapter 2, look down in verse 6. Uh, let's see, going up, going up to verse 5, it says, Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. We were dead in sins, then we were made alive in Jesus Christ. And in verse 6 it says, And hath raised us up together and made us uh, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's because when we get saved, we got placed into him. Go to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh, by the blood of Christ. In other words, we're brought and we're drawn close to God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Go backwards a little bit to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and look down in verse 14. Now thanks be to God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. The reason why we can glory all the time is because we are in Christ Jesus. 
If you're saved, you are in Jesus Christ. And that's as secure of a place as you can possibly be. And then the, the last thing I want us to look at is we're, we're secure because we're part of his family. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Look down in verses 6 and 7. It says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth, if he endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now here's a thought. If you're chastened, that shouldn't discourage you, that should encourage you. Because what that's saying is, is that God loves you, God cares for you, he doesn't want you to continue in your sin, and he wants you to do right. And so he chastens us because we're a part of the family. Go with me over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And in Romans 8, look with me in verses 16 and 17. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also uh, that we may be also glorified together. So it says we're 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 a part of a family, and we're part of the family of God. We are His children, and because we're His children, we can be secure in the fact that our Father will take care of us. Now, you know what what is the key to to being secure in all of those things? The key is simply this. It's building our lives around that which cannot be destroyed or taken away from us. In other words, putting your, putting your faith and putting your trust in God himself, who never changes, instead of people, places, and things that can continually change. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to uh, the book of Psalms. Go to Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And then also go to Psalm 73. Psalm 112. And Psalm 73. Psalm 112, verses 5 through 7. It says, A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. That's the key right there. You have to have a fixed heart. And what is the heart fixed on? Trusting in the Lord. Not trusting things that change, not trusting things that are variable, but trusting in the Lord. Go to Psalm 73 and look in verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. You know, Jesus, when asked what was the great commandment, he said, he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. If our love for him is number one, then we'll find that it's easier for us to trust him. If our desire is first and foremost in God, that doesn't mean you, you can't enjoy 
things down here. You can't enjoy people down here. Sure you can. You can enjoy all those things. But don't put your stability, don't put your security, don't put your trust in those things. Because things and people and circumstances continually change. They continually change. But our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have you ever thought of this, that when, when God takes from our lives people, or God takes possessions, or God changes circumstances in our lives, so it was one way uh, on one day, and it seems to be turned upside down another, uh, that, that uh, he does that because we have a tendency to put our, our security in those things. And he shows us that we can't be secure in those things. We can't be secure in people. We can't be secure in, in uh, uh, circumstances. We can't be secure in things because they will constantly change. Especially when you think of things, you know as well as I do, eventually this whole world's going to burn up, man. It's just going to be gone. Why? Because those things are not eternal. And, and he allows those things to be touched, to be changed, to be, to, to be taken out of our lives for a reason. It's an act of love. He wants to push us closer to him so that we realize our desire needs to be in him. Our trust needs to be in him. So the question I want to leave with you tonight is just simply this. How, how secure are you in Jesus Christ? Let me ask you some questions. And as, as, I, as I ask these questions, silently in your heart, answer them. And be honest. Be honest before God. Do you spend more time on concentrating on winning others to Christ? Or do you spend more time on building a bank account? Which do you spend more time on? The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you give to the needs of others? Or are you so financially strapped that you can't? Do you reject the, the false idea that, that good things come from objects made from man? Now, again, you know, God has given us all things freely to enjoy. The Bible states that very clearly. We should enjoy them, but, but don't start to depend on those things. Our dependence needs to be in God. Do you put your confidence in your heavenly Father's love toward you? You know, do, do, you, do you often think about, you know, you think about the love that other people have towards you and you appreciate it and you care for it. How often do we think about the love that God has toward us? Do you, do you focus on the things of the Lord throughout the day? Do you focus on eternal things? Do you think about those things? You know, there's, there's a, a difference between uh, having a spiritual mind and having a carnal mind. Carnal mind thinks on things and people and circumstances. A, a spiritual mind thinks on, thinks on the God who has made those things possible. And, and we put our trust and our faith and our security in him. Do you have good fellowship with the Lord? And, and does the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit pull the reins in your life? Does he rule and reign in your life? Are you, are you active in ministries? For Christ in this church, 
you know, the reason why we have ministries, not only so we can be a blessing to people, but so we can give folks an opportunity to serve. Uh, do, you, do you ask God for a closer walk with him more than you ask him for material things or health? Uh, you know, listen, I have no problem with asking uh, God to, to, to uh, turn around a health situation in your life. Uh, we ought to do th those kind of things. But you know what I find sometimes? We're more concerned about people's physical things than we are their spiritual things. And I can prove it. Look at our prayer list that's, that's sitting out on the table uh, that we put out every Wednesday night. There is a whole bunch of, of, of requests there for, for people's physical. And again, I have no problem with any of them. But, but how many requests are given or asked, or how many times do you ask someone to pray for you, not just because you've got, you know, and I, I'm so thankful that people did pray for me when, my, when I had my knee replacement, and I think folks are still praying for me, and I appreciate that. I don't take that lightly. But have you ever prayed for something for me spiritually? Have you ever prayed for something for yourself spiritually? That's, those are the things that count. Do you concentrate on spiritual strength rather than on building physical strength? If, if you lost all that you possess, would you still sense a completeness in Christ? I often think about, about Job in the Old Testament. He lost everything that he had. And he lost his health, he lost his, his family, he lost his wealth. He lost it all. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what that is? That's a man who has security. He was secure in his God. Are we secure in Jesus Christ? Colossians 2.10, this is part of the, uh, the, the passage that we memorized last month. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Do we act like we are complete in him? We do if we have our faith and our trust and our security in him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for all of the verses that, that tell us about all the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ and those things are things that we can, we can be so secure in. You know, like, like Peter said, like the Apostle Paul said, uh, there could be tribulations, there could be trials, there could be, our whole world could go upside down tomorrow. And yet, in Jesus Christ, we're secure. And that doesn't mean that it would never affect us at all. Of course it's going to affect us if those, those things occur. But God, the truth of the matter is, our trust isn't in people. Our trust isn't in things. Our trust should not be in circumstances. And when we go through some sad times and we can't rejoice in our God, there's something wrong. We're putting our security, we're putting our faith, we're putting our trust somewhere other than in you. Lord, you are a God. You never change. Uh, you, your, your characteristics, your character as God uh, are unchangeable. And Lord, you hold us in your hand and you, you keep us and you keep us safe. Father, I'm, I'm so thankful for the security 
that we have in Jesus Christ. Help us to refocus tonight and to, to focus on the security that we have in you. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all 